I'm Josh Durso for FingerLakes1.com, and this is the FO1 Daily Podcast. Finger Lakes Textiles recently hit a significant milestone, selling its 10,000th hat from the manufacturing line in Seneca County. FLT is fascinating for a number of reasons, and today on the program, we have Alan Connolly with us to discuss it all. Alan serves as CEO of Mosaic, the organization that oversees Finger Lakes Textiles. Thanks for taking the time today, Alan. Really appreciate it. Um, first things first, give us a walkthrough sort of of what Finger Lakes Textiles is and the, the Arctic Gear brand. Well, Finger Lakes Textiles is a subsidiary of Mosaic. Uh, and what Finger Lakes Textiles does is manufacture uh, knitted hats uh, for the Department of Defense, as well as our own branded product, Arctic Gear. And so not only do we do that, but during this past year, uh, we have also made PPE uh, for um, the prison systems here in the state of New York. Uh, we did that in collaboration with Cornell University's uh, prison education program and Hudson Link uh, for higher education. And so we're able to do that as an essential business since we do work for the Department of Defense and we have we have not closed down during the time period of, of um, the COVID crisis. And so we've been able to continue to do this, this great work, not only for uh, the Department of Defense, but our community and the state uh, as a whole. Big milestone for you guys recently. Uh, you announced it probably about a month ago now, it seems like, or maybe maybe I'm getting my, my own timeline mixed up a little bit here with the pandemic, but uh, a big milestone for you guys recently. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, uh, over the uh, the winter, we have been able to, to produce 10,000 hats for a major retailer. Uh, during this past year, we, we got connected with them. We can't share their name. Uh, relative to, to contracts that we have with them, but but uh, it has just exploded. And so we ship all over the country our Arctic Gear brand. We tell our story, tell the story that 100% of the profits that we make go back into our mission. Since we are a business with a social mission model, uh, all, the, all the profits go back to serve uh, individuals with, with developmental and intellectual disabilities. So we ship all over the country. And, and strangely enough, uh, our, our biggest uh, uh, state that buys from us is California. California, Texas, Texas recently with their with, with the challenges that they've had in the wintertime and their electric going up, we just are bombarded with orders from, from the, the southern states, if you will. Uh, so it, it's been great. How important has that been, uh, that being, frankly, bombarded with with orders over the winter, and I'm sure before that, too, because this is not something that just suddenly became successful, you know, over the last six months, uh, given the, the challenges that I'm sure you guys also faced during the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. And, and let me tell you, our organization, like every other organization, went through some major issues, restructuring because of the, the, the COVID um, pandemic. I mean, we, we are a large employer uh, within all the, the counties that we work. And the only way that we were able to, um, to, to pivot was because of our staff and, and what they have done and what they've been able to do. And we've had to do that with, with speed, a lot of speed, a lot of flexibility, just like any other organization. Uh, but we've, we've had to do it on a, on a larger scale. And so our organization, um, because of uh, some of the challenges with, with revenue as it related to the state and state funding, 
Finger Lakes Textiles has been integral to us being able to sustain our longer term vision. And it's because of what they do that we have been able to, to maintain uh, our, our service level. Uh, on top of that, you know, with all the, 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 the residences for, uh, that we, we have in the, in the three different counties that we serve, you know, we've had very small um, levels of COVID cases. So, and, it, and it's because of our staff. We have a great nursing staff led by Amanda Reed and, and our QA nurse, uh, Angel McGraw. And they've been recognized to the state in terms of the protocols that we've had, that we've had less than 30 individuals that have had um, uh, COVID, actually about, about 15 or so, which is phenomenal. And, and for those that don't know, people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, usually they have about a two-time higher death rate because of the COVID morbidities that they might have. And, and so it is critical that we do that right in terms of our protocols and our in our our staff has just really stepped up and they have made it possible that we have kept as many people as possible safe. We have not, and I'll knock on wood, I probably shouldn't say this, we have not had any death in our community, which is unlike other communities that, that serve this population. And so we have just been really thrilled with, with, um, with the staff and how they've, how they've been able to, to work in this pandemic. How inspiring has that been, not only to see the way the staff has responded to the pandemic and sort of the evolving situation that that has presented, but also to see the success that uh, obviously FLT has has seen as well, coupled together at the same time? Well, I, I tell you, I, I just I, I think about it. I, I get tingles. I get pretty emotional about it sometimes. And hopefully I won't be that way today. But but just, you know, I, you know, I, I went to, to business school years ago and I can tell you, they they never had a class with regards to how do you how do you deal with a global pandemic. Now I, I don't think I don't think it was an elective, but but I, I must have missed it. But but anyways, you, you know just like anything, the only way as an organization that you can survive and thrive is through people. And I, I'm telling you, the staff have just stepped up and have really um, committed to you know the protocols. And then when, we, when we've had some individuals in houses that we may have uh, COVID cases and we've had to quarantine, we've had staff that have gone in and that continue to go in. And this is pre any uh, vaccine. And the willingness uh, for them to, to do that type of work is just phenomenal. They're not the ones that get the accolades as, as those that are in the hospital, the doctors, the nursing that are there, absolutely. But these are people who don't get paid nearly as much that go in every day and, and do this work. And so it, it, it makes me it makes me proud. It makes me in awe. And, um, you know, it, it, it just it just uh, it's, it's a good place to be uh, when you know you have staff uh, that, that do what they do. And then when you couple that onto, we have the same protocols at Finger Lakes Textile. So before you can go in there, you have to take your temperature. You have to a- answer all the questions. We um, we had protocols in place and where, you know, when you worked at a table, and when you when you left to, to have a break, you, know, you would wipe it down. We would, we would have our, uh, our uh, Clorox 360 machines that go in and disinfect all the surfaces. And so... It is very, um, it's gotten even more detail in terms of trying to keep everyone safe so that they can do their jobs, do them effectively, and, and serve the people that we serve. 
I can't recall from our last conversation uh, whether we talked about volunteers or not. What role do volunteers play in the, mo- in the mosaic sort of uh, ecosystem? Are is there a role for volunteers, or is there not so much a role? There, there is, and and we're known in the state as volunteer organizations, and so uh, th- there is a role. We do uh, have volunteers during the COVID crisis. We have not. We pretty much locked down to keep uh, individuals and staff in pods to make sure that they would keep each other safe. We like nursing homes uh, for a long time. We're not able to have family to come into the residences to see their loved ones. But, uh, you know, we, we, we've done the best we could with regard to that. We've been able to, to do more uh, and um, we've been able to keep individuals safe. And so with our protocols, we've been able to, 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 to help with that. Uh, as we go forward, uh, there will be, we will have more of our volunteer ranks or advocates to come in and be able to do more work with us. But, but during this time, we, we've kept it pretty tight to keep everyone safe. I would imagine that's put a little extra strain, I would assume, on, on your staff when you don't have that volunteer uh, uh, workforce, so to speak, anymore. Uh, how much of a challenge was that, given all the other things that you guys were dealing with? Oh, incredible. And it still is. And, and, and of course, you probably know direct work professionals are not paid the grades that we talked about. There is a crisis around the United States. It continues to be. Uh, and it has been, it's been very problematic uh, for us. And I think it probably will continue to be that way, unfortunately, uh, going into the future. So yes, we've had a lot of staff who have had to have a lot of overtime, particularly when you're in a in, in a COVID house, uh, so that there's only a certain amount of people that go in, so that we don't get that cross contamination. And so yes, it has been a strain. And you know, all I can say is that uh, they have just performed magnificently uh, with regards to just the work that they do on the day to day. I mean, day in and day out, they're just, they're just grinding it through. And so it's, it's been very impressive. What's on the horizon for uh, the rest of 2021? I'm curious uh, when, when you sort of, as CEO, look over the, the entire organization, look at the community that you're in and and look at sort of where we're headed right now in the pandemic with more vaccinations and infections on the way down. Uh, where does that put you guys and, and what's your outlook for the remainder of the year? Well, for us, our, you know, our goals are, you know, first and foremost, to, to really protect what we have right now. And, and as you know, the state is going through a budget crisis. There have been multiple cuts. There will continue to be more. Last year, close to half a billion dollars worth of support affected the organizations like ours. So we will continue with the advocacy efforts that we have, not only locally, but also on the state and federal side because there's federal funding associated with what we do. So we will we will we will do that first and foremost. You know, we will this year in particular, we're gonna we're gonna grow through collaborations, associations with other nonprofits. We think that that's a real opportunity because there are other nonprofits in our area that might not have the size and scope as we do as an organization. And so maybe we can we can help them out. During the COVID crisis, I know that we worked uh, a bit with Unity House and we were able to provide some PPE for, for them, they were not able to get some of that, uh, that that we were able to get because we're a large organization. So we were able to work together collaboratively in order to, to help, but but also in associations with others that that might be smaller that that we can we can help with. Uh, we we think that there will be a lot more growth through state and federal contracting. As you, as you know, as we talked about, we do a lot of work for the state of, of New York. Um, we we uh, have a long meeting crew that we we do like oh, oh well. 
over 100 facilities a week during the summertime with uh, individuals who have disabilities, and we do that throughout our region. This this past year, we, we started snow removal for some state facilities, so we'll see, we'll be able to do more and more of that. And then obviously on the federal side, do more federal uh, contracting. We're working on more contracts to, to work with the Department of Defense uh, to be able to do that. And then the other thing that, that I can see us uh, working on, particularly uh, we, we uh, run a school, Keep the Lake School down in, in Ping An, and it, it, it has been challenged from, from a state funding uh, stream from the state education. And so we're really working with them and state education, SED, to, to be able to help us in, uh, with other funding. That's critical. Uh, and there have been other preschools in our region that have closed this past year, too, as a matter of fact, one back and one out, uh, out west. And so we see that that will be an opportunity for us as well. So for us, uh, we, we want to protect what we have and then grow those those areas in which we see there's opportunity for us. And and that can take a lot of different forms. So we're, yeah, obviously for us, we like any other business, you know, there's a lot of headwinds, but, but we see a lot of opportunity and, and we are going to push forward uh, with those opportunities, that, you know, as we, as we go forward. A lot of good news there, Alan. Thanks so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for, for having us. Uh, have a good day. Thanks for listening. Until next time, subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you never miss a future episode. You can also support our newsroom by visiting www.patreon.com slash FL1. I'm Josh Drusso for FingerLakes1.com. Bye now.